gorgeous Georgian goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Sunday for your Monday delivery. Early Sunday, too, folks. Remember that. We are fighting for your uh, attention in this sport that continues to grow. So we wanted to get as close as possible to our reactions from late last night. Man, historical card out in Salt Lake City, Utah. UFC 278. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about BKFC 27. We're going to talk about PFL Playoffs 9. Lots to discuss here on the MMA Junkie Radio Show. We'll be right back to get started. Kind of a different week, right, Goes? I mean, so much to consume as a fan and media member on Saturday. And then we turned it around and we're already, we've already done another video franchise that's going to be out early. And then uh, to be honest with everybody, this is 9 a.m. on a Sunday here talking MMA Junkie Radio. Yeah. Yesterday was brutal, dude. But uh, the fights and the organizations, the, the fighters, they really made it worthwhile. All three cards I thought were very, very good. So it it didn't really feel like torture, you know, having to sit there and just watch fight all day. Um, I had two screens going on at one time. You know, we had our watch along. Farah had her preview show. There was a lot going on. We didn't go to bed until probably 1.30 a.m. and then had to wake up early to start again. But uh, the the fights themselves really made everything worth it. Yeah, I'm still buzzing from it, honestly. Like, it, it seems like it almost happened an hour ago or a half hour ago, but Leon Edwards' historic win over Kamaru Usman still has me buzzing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just who would have expected? I'm not saying because going in, Leon Edwards, of course, he had a shot. He's a good fighter and he's improved since the last time they fought. It's just the manner in which it happened where you just felt like a guy was checked out. He was done. And we were just counting down the seconds and then crack. If you look at the amount of sweat that blew off of, of uh, Kamar Usman's head, it just looked like somebody poured water on down his face. You know, like that's how hard that shot was. And just going ice cold like that. Holy crap. What a way to end the night. And that with all of our adrenaline from still running from the co-main event. So uh, mm. every card had some kind of moment like this. But the UFC just kind of had them big fireworks going off at the end. Yeah, they they sure did. I remember what I think it was when the watch along started, or maybe you just asked me, "Hey, um, maybe you asked me on the side, what do you think?" You know, because at that time, Usyk and Joshua was done, BKFC was done, PFL playoffs nine was done. What do you think about the UFC? You know, can they continue it going? Do they feel the pressure? And I I I remember my response being, "Well, the UFC is such a juggernaut. I think they just feel like, you know, this is our fight night. Whatever the rest of the world does." okay by them because remember that wasn't always the case the ufc usually used to keep an eye on the elite xc's the afflictions the prides whoever else was there i mean they kept their competitor their enemies close the competitors close 
And if they had to counter program, they would even do that. But, you know, now times are different. Um, and look, the first part of that pay-per-view was kind of slow, you know, and even Davalishvili and Aldo didn't give us what we wanted, not just the result because I was on Team Aldo. That's who I chose. That's who I bet on. But the fight was really, really slow. Marab Davalishvili didn't really, like, you know, like, uh, I guess shine like Cheeto Vera did, like Sean O'Malley's looking to, like Song Yadong and Corey Sanhagen, you know, one of those guys is looking to shine because they want to be in the sweepstakes for a shot at the title. I'm missing another pairing, too, that's out there. Um, but, yeah, so that one was not a dud, but it just didn't didn't do much for me. And then we get to Costa and Rockhold. Holy cow, what a pace. The guts these guys showed. The heavy artillery going back and forth, even till the end, like the resolve, man, that Luke Rockhold, you know, he kept talking about, you're a quitter. You can't fight through adversity. I'm a man. Luke Rockhold show, showed us all of that. You may put put aside his other comments about, you know, I know a lot of you guys are team UFC. Put aside those fighter pay comments or whatever. But when he just talked about this and he talked about Paulo Costa, he delivered on his side because 99 of us would have quit. Luke Rockhold didn't. And a credit to Paulo Costa, too. The guy made weight. The guy came to fight. And the guy also showed a lot of heart because Luke landed some big shots on him. So that's what really, really got the party uh, going there for UFC 278. And then Leon Edwards and Kamar Uzman. I mean, where do you start there? The, the ending was just something that blew us all away. We were all looking for the adjectives, the superlatives to describe what we had just seen to, a, you know, and, and like Go said, this was a fight that just was starting to wind down. So I know I just threw a lot. Let's go back to the main event, UFC 278. We're going to talk about it all here, folks. Edwards wins round one. Edwards got that first takedown. Although I thought Kobe Covington got him down last year, but Edwards got the first official takedown on Kamaru Usman, and by the way, Kamaru Usman's foot almost got stuck on the mat, and I don't know if a leg break, an ankle break, or something really bad could have happened, and it didn't, but that takedown was beautiful. It was like a trip, an outside trip, and Kamaru Usman just was barely able to get his leg out of there, but then Edwards not only got the trip, got dominant position, was starting to try and get a choke uh, you know, from the back, and when he got up, he kind of had a swagger. And Usman kind of had a look of worry. But it was only round one. We've seen Usman down 2 nothing before. He's down one nothing here. But at least we were like, oh, okay, okay, we got ourselves a fight. And then after that goes, Kamar Usman just comes steamrolling back, takes rounds two, three, and four. We get to round five with a 3-1 lead, Kamar Usman. But, yeah, Edwards isn't looking good. And I remember Dean Thomas. They went to him, and they go, what are your thoughts? And he said, guys, Leon Edwards is broken. And the reason I know that is because he wasn't looking at his coach in between rounds four and five for instruction, which means he had shame and he knew that he couldn't probably deliver on anything they told him. Let me hold on to the rest of the fight for now, but goes one through four. What were your thoughts? Well, one through four, really what I was thinking was in round one, actually after about round two, I felt like Leon wasn't doing that bad. Um, you could see the improvements in his game. I didn't feel one at, at one moment that Kamaru Usman took this fight lightly or was Hollywood man or anything like that. 
I just think Leon Edwards was fighting a good fight. The takedowns that Kamaru Usman got kind of came from mistakes that Leon Edwards had. So even looking forward after this, a rematch, I think Leon Edwards is going to go back and watch that. He's going to go back and see the look on Kamaru Usman, how upset and how flustered he was losing that first round. I think he's going to have more motivation and just tweak a couple things, and this fight can be a little bit more competitive. But those early rounds, I mean, I don't know what it was about Leon Edwards because I didn't think he was doing that bad to really just hang his head the way he was. He was like Eeyore, right, from Winnie the Pooh. He was just kind of sulking. And then uh, Kamaru Usman was just taking advantage of that, and that's when he hit that fifth gear and he just kept going and going. Um, but I, I don't feel like it was a Kamaru Usman that, that took – Leon Edwards lightly at all. Yeah, and you know, if you think about it, with Edwards bagging round one, losing round two, we go into round three, it's 1-1. Where I was disappointed in Leon Edwards is I wish he had Luke Rockhold's mentality in rounds three and four because I think he became a little mentally checked out. He was giving up these takedowns so easy. And then he would actually get up back to his feet and it would take so much energy. But I'm thinking, bro, like, you're not really fighting off this takedown and Kamaro's taking it to you. He's putting you down. He's keeping you down. He's just taking minutes off the clock. And so when he did it in round three, I thought, well, maybe he took round three off, come back in round four, and now you got a, uh, a title or you got a round five to decide it all, right? However, it seemed like round four, same thing, rinse and repeat, just like round three. That was the disappointing part for me, and Kamar Usman was gaining in strength. And here's why he's focused on mentally and not physically. Because when you look at Leon Edwards, he wasn't really sucking wind. He wasn't breathing that hard. It just looked like whatever he was thinking, like the body was like ready to go. You know, the fists, the feet, the shins, the elbows, the knees. They were like, tell us what to do. Tell us what to do. We're ready. And his mind was just frozen, and he was just standing there getting taken down, getting back up, standing there, not doing anything. Whereas Kamara was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. It was like maybe experience or whatever. So I don't know if this is even possible, but it's almost like he had an adrenaline dump of the mind, right? So then we get to round five. Again, he's not breathing hard. He's out there. He's normal. He's, he's okay, but the mind is not clicking. And like Dean Thomas said, this guy's checked out, man. It's over. He's broken. I think all of us agreed. None of us said, Dean, shut up. Watch this. Because we get to those final minutes and still even though he would throw an occasional one two or a kick it just wasn't urgency right there wasn't that misha tate urgency that she had in round five against holly Holm when she was down three one and then the fucking kick that lands man from from hell i mean the 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 sound that it made is still in my head it was like a thud clap sound you know Perfect shin to head to neck. I mean, he turned off Kamaru Usman immediately. He fell back. And because the camera couldn't even react that quick, I was even wondering if Leon's going to get to him, if Kamaru's going to be able to grab a single, if he's going to survive the same way Leon survived uh, Nate Diaz in round five last year or what's going to happen. But nope, Leon Edwards saw it. He walks away. It's a walk-off KO. Herb Dean, of course, saw it as well. And, and that was that. And I remember just going, wow, we were blown away. The audience was blown away. Joe Rogan kept asking them to run it back. And I think every time, single time I was looking at somebody else's reaction mm -hmm. just to see what they were possibly thinking. It was crazy, goes crazy, crazy, crazy.
odd odd fight in the sense that even at the start of round five, you're right. Leon Edwards wasn't breathing heavy. Neither guy really had s- scratches on their face or anything like that. Uh, yet they were fighting. It was just very, very odd. But that's why I feel like in a, in the third fight, you know, if we think about what that fight's going to look like, I think Leon Edwards is going to go back and see a lot of things that maybe he didn't realize was going on. I think it's going to make for a pretty decent fight. But holy shit, man, Kamaru Usman is a competitor, and I can't imagine what he's going to look like in this this third fight. He's going to be pissed. Yeah, he's already said he's okay. He got up, and he was able to stand there at the presentation of the winner, the presentation of the belt, which is a big moment, folks. Um, You know, think about how much Leon Edwards became a star. He took out a star. You know, he took out the incumbent. That's something Robert Whitaker didn't get to do. That's something like when there's a vacant title, you just don't have that opportunity to get over because, you know, you're not beating the actual incumbent. But he beat Kamaru Usman, one of the greatest welterweights ever. I always said I still thought it was GSP, but Kamaru was closing the gap. Some thought it was Kamaru already. He was pound for pound king. I was calling him that because he was our number one on USA Today Sports and MMA Junkie rankings. He took him out, man. So now they're 1-1. Remember, Usman owns a win over Leon Edwards from 2015 when he wasn't the champ. Leon Edwards nor Kamar Usman had lost since then. And so now Edwards is champ. Kamaru Usman is the challenger. At first, they were even talking in the back Wembley Stadium. And I thought, hmm, at first I bought into it. And then I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, that's a 90,000-seat stadium. I don't know that – I know that Edwards is going to be big, but I don't know that he's that big just yet. Like, maybe maybe Wembley Arena, O2 Arena. Let's let's take it slow, but I do believe they have something there. And then even Dana White said, okay, if this were to happen in the fall or in the winter of next year, because they're already planning out December, January. December's in Vegas, January's in Brazil. So February, you know, can we really go to England with a stadium show? You know how the weather is over there. Probably not. So everybody slowed their roll a little bit. But one thing's for sure, that trilogy is going to be big. Hamza Shemaev loses out. He was already t- he was already tweeting, see you soon, boy, to uh, Leon. And DC was quick to go, hey, Hamza, uh, no, you're not going to see him anytime soon. Regardless of what you do to Nate Diaz, they're going to have to do that trilogy, man. If anybody deserves uh, a chance to win their title back, it's Kamar Usman. Yeah, that one stings, man. That happens to fighters every now and again. But uh, Hamzat Shemaev, uh, look, I- I'm a little critical of him a little bit. I think he's a great fighter, and but I-, I still feel like there's room for improvement. And shit, I don't see how another fight help- doesn't help him out at all. So, I mean, uh, it sucks, but uh, I think in the end it'll work out in his favor. Well, think about it, goes. One of the things that got him was he was really exhausted in round three against Gilbert Burns. And neither one of these guys was exhausted, physically exhausted. Hell no. You could say Leon Edwards was mentally exhausted, and then he pulled it together in round five. But physically exhausted, both of these cats were ready to go. They could have gone six rounds like MVP and Perry. But yeah, Hamza Shemaev could definitely benefit from the Diaz fight and probably one more. And then, you know, he can make his move. But right now, it's got to be Usman versus Edwards somewhere. And I think it'll be in jolly old England for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know... You're right. Wembley Stadium is massive. But if you pad that card up with, with some more talent, 
your Patty Pimblets of the world. Uh, as long as your ticket prices aren't astronomical. I mean, doesn't WWE was able to fill that thing up, right? So I would think people would just want to be a part of history and come out. But yeah, I think you would definitely have to block off a certain section of the, of the stadium. You would almost have to say, hey, hey, UK and Ireland, let's do this and somehow involve Conor McGregor. Yeah. You know, he can you, do it. The, the Ireland's not part of the UK, you know, but Ireland is right there in that area of the UK. And so maybe something like that, sure. And Leon would have no problem being the co-main event because he would get McGregor pay-per-views. So I'm sure he would like to, you know, he would defer and all that. But yeah, man, I've seen Tyson Fury fight there. I'm not seen him uh, in person, but and then I've seen Joshua against uh, Klitschko. But Klitschko was a, was a champion for such a long time, and he's, you know, he had a lot of fans that would see him fight in Germany. He's from the Ukraine, but they'd see him fight in Germany. 60,000 seat stadiums goes and I've actually been to one in Gelsenkirchen, which is just outside of Cologne. He's fought there. And, uh, so that, that, that's, that's a big fight, you know, and, and Joshua was a 2012 gold medalist at the London Olympics. So that's why they were able to do Wembley boxing's huge in England. Not to say it's not huge in uh, that MMA isn't huge. It's getting there, but you know, and then, and then obviously uh, Tyson Fury being the champion defending, for a while now, like, ah, you know, I, I still think it's just too soon for Leon Edwards. But um, like I say, Dana White kind of cooled things off a little bit. We'll just leave that alone for now. The co-main event, Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold. I mean, where do you start here? Um, Luke Luke definitely gassed. He, was, he took damage, but you could see he was sucking wind. And then it looked like he had a broken nose, blood in his mouth. He was having trouble bleeding. But that... The toughness that he showed goes is something I'll never forget. I, as long as I cover the sport, I'll never forget him just, you know, wincing in pain and then throwing a big right hand and landing it, you know, and then again turning away and then throwing a spinning back fist. Anything just he did not want to quit. I mean, he wanted to quit, but he knew he couldn't because he had set the table all week talking about adversity. If anything, just for that to save face, he couldn't do it. And then Costa, he was fighting through some stuff too. Man, this fight was what I needed. That's what the card needed because of the the Davalashvili and Aldo fight not really delivering. The first two fights went, you know, I don't even remember the first or I guess Pudilova and and um Romano. Pedro, yeah, like it, it, you know, no disrespect to them. They got nice wins, they got finishes, but they're just not pay-per-view fighters right now. Um so, yeah, man, we get to the co-main event. I needed something like that. Great, great fight. I wish, in a way, I wish Rockhold wasn't ready to retire, but he's not the Rockhold I remember. And um, if he wants to retire, which he said, he says he's getting old. You could see his body's maybe failing him, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can't remember a fight with two fighters going into it that the UFC probably is not very fond of. You know, and, and Luke Rockhold and Paulo Costa, but then at the end of the fight, come out and almost be carried on people's shoulders because we enjoyed the fight so much. You know, if there's any doubt about Paulo Costa being a competitor in this division, he made the weight. He came out and he fought yes. a good fight. I know that's an older Luke Rockhold, but uh, that's still a G performance. So I think you have to give your respect to Costa. 
And then Luke Rockhold, like, what? Where are you going to find a bad thing to say about what he did? You know, he didn't win the fight. It was 30-27, but he never gave up. Uh, he even gave us that. I mean, I thought it was nasty when BJ Penn licked uh, blood off his opponents. This dude fucking smeared his entire face. All I mean, do you know how bad I'd be throwing up, George, if somebody did that to me? That was so gross, but so funny at the same time. Probably an iconic moment, but it just shows how much of a savage Luke Rockhold can be when he needs to pull that out. And that that's just not one of the gutsiest performances in mixed martial arts i think it's one of the gutsiest performances in all of sports yeah yeah man he was rubbing his blood all over paula's face because see paula was talking to him and who knows who it was being said you know but he was talking to him luke was talking back but paula had a dominant position and then luke who probably knew he wasn't going to win the fight he still rather than coast to the finish line which is almost what we are accusing leon edwards of he turns from having his back taken into Paulo Costa. He's on top, throws a couple right hands, maybe smudges his elbow, and then rather than obviously headbutt him, he just puts his head right next to, to Paulo Costa's, and he smears his blood into Paulo Costa. And when you see it in slow motion, holy cow, you just see it popping, squirting out of you know his forehead or his face or whatever and everything that's there, and it's going into Costa's mouth and in his, in his, in his eyes and – it was a trip, man. It was really, really a trip. You, no one's ever going to forget that. Um, so much so that I bet you Dana White goes, Dana White was probably in the back, and he was working on alley-oop dunks. I bet you he had something nice, to, something not so nice to say about either guy, but probably Luke. But I think after he witnessed that, he's like, man, how can I say anything other than just tons of respect? Great fight. He gave them 50000 each. Remember, a lot of us, including you guys, were saying, will they do it? They don't like this guy. Will they give him 50 Gs? But they did. They they had to bite their tongue and just pay homage to that fight, man. It was a great fight. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I think I would rather be Jules in Pulp Fiction when Marvin's head gets blown up right next to him. Yeah. Than Itty bitty pieces of brain in your head? I would rather go through that than what Paulo Costa had to go through with that smearing of the blood all over into your mouth and all that shit. Fuck. God. Rockhold's a savage, dude. Um, yeah, I, I can't really say too much more on that, but uh, very, very import- impressive and tip of a hat for him. Yeah. And so Costa, this was his last fight. I don't see how he doesn't get a contract. I know he's a little high maintenance with how controversial he is on social media, but Dana White keeps saying, I am as open as possible. I'm okay as as possible with the First Amendment. You know, you can say what you want here. Uh, I'm sure there are limits, and and Costa maybe has crossed the line. But I think uh, if he hasn't cut him yet, then after that performance, he's going to get a new contract. And then Costa also showed us, hey, I laid an egg in the title fight. Yeah, I lost to Vittori. Didn't look good. Missed weight. But I made weight this time. Against the former champ, you know, I, 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 I performed. I deserve a new contract, and I think the UFC is going to have to give it to him. And then Luke Rockhold did take off his gloves, said he's probably done. But he didn't lay, lay, lay the gloves down. Who knows? Like I say, if he had a broken rib or just something, because he kind of gassed really early. And I don't, I'm not used to seeing Luke gas that early. So I think a combination of broken nose, hard to breathe, altitude, all that shit maybe played into it. Maybe, maybe. Emotion. Know, maybe, 37 yeah 
So we'll see. We'll let him get a, get rest. Um, you know what I did think of last night, goes, and I didn't uh, share it on the watch along. Was a long time ago, DC shared the story that when he lost to Jones, I believe the UFC just sent him a check for one million dollars. Here you go. You know, I hope Luke gets a check like that. I know it's probably not going to be a million because this wasn't a title fight. And I know DC was the opposite. He actually helped sell the fight. And then even though he lost, you know, it was a great fight. Luke did the opposite. He definitely didn't help sell. Well, he helped sell the fight because him and Costa were getting into it. But along the way, he was also throwing jabs at the UFC. But after seeing what I saw, man, that just deserves more than 50000 dude. It does. It does. It's on another level. It's just yeah. on a different level. Yeah. Uh, remember, remember Diego and Campman? Was that was that the fight? Diego and Campman? I think so. hundred grand, like it that was, was in that Louisville level. or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, they deserve an extra quarter of a million each, maybe. You know, him and Costa. That would, I don't know, or or maybe because it's Luke and a parting gift, or I don't know. But that's kind of a story I hope to hear one day. Hey, you know what, man? Even though I was beefing with the UFC. Those guys, after my fight, said they had never seen anything like it. They wrote me a check. Fuck, I'd, I would love to hear that story one day. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. And so, look, Marab versus Aldo. Okay, now we got to get to the disappointing part. Aldo had his hand raised like he thought he won. And you could see as the fight was unfolding, he was thinking, you can't take me down. You're boring the fans with these knees and my legs. They're not doing anything. You know, uh, hello, I'm here. You're not beating me up. And then the rest of us are at home going, hey, the clock, it's winding down. You're not doing shit. Takedown defense isn't isn't going to be enough. You know, like, do something. I think we're all just saying, okay, you've done the defensive part. Now do something. And Josie Aldo wasn't doing anything, goes. And what sucks is they're headed to Brazil in January. You know that would have been a big fight, maybe even a title fight, if they could turn around the winner of Sterling and Dillashaw quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just couldn't end the three fight win streak. He owns one over Vera. Vera, the guy that was the talk of the, t- the toast of the town the week before, smartly went to Salt Lake City so he could keep that momentum going. Jose Aldo has a head to head win. He could have shut that down quickly. And oh, not only did he lose the fight, he looked terrible in losing the fight. It, it I don't even know how to describe it. Like, can you imagine being his coach and just sitting there and watching that round after round? He just wasn't firing at all. He had no sense of urgency. I don't even think he honestly had a clue he was losing that fight. Like, even if he was winning, I think we would still go, hey, you still got to be a little bit more active. Make sure this guy doesn't come back on you. He was losing the fight. He wasn't doing anything. That is so frustrating uh, as a fan. I got to imagine if I was gambling on that fight, how I would be fucking livid, probably throw something through the TV screen. Um, but the silver lining in all this is the fact that Dominic Cruz lost a week before, looked pretty good in the loss. I don't see how they don't pair those two up and uh, find out who the real G of WEC is. And I love your idea, have them fight in WEC gloves. Mm-hmm. That would be epic, man. Maybe even Venom can participate and put WEC as part of the uniform, maybe both in blue or I don't know. It would really, really be cool. 
I love the idea. I hope it happens. Um, I, I do like that pairing. And then as far as Marab Davalishvili, he didn't say, oh, yeah, Vera, what do you think of this, partner? Yeah, you took out a legend, Marab. I get it. He was probably a hero growing up. You know, as you were growing up, he was probably a hero. Aldo's a hero to a lot of people. And you did beat him. But even though you couldn't get him down, but you still did enough to win the fight, it wasn't impressive. That's not what we call a statement win. And so, therefore, you're behind Marlon Vera. And then when they asked you, would you fight Sterling? You said you, you wouldn't fight him. That never goes well. Um, I think fighters now need to learn that it's not your first preference, but when you both fight for a title and have a chance to go for history and sharing a big payday, you have to put that aside and just do it. Um, Devalish really has left an opening for him to possibly go to 125, but who knows? Uh, I, 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 it wasn't a good weekend for Devalish really in, in that regard. I, that's, it sucks because he's a nice guy, um, and he just probably had the biggest win of his life, but we can't keep the praise on him like we should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, really he did Mar- Marlon Vera the biggest favor on the face of the earth because Marlon Vera is still the front runner. You know, we always say the guy that goes first in a, in a tournament is the one that we kind of forget about. But Aldo looked like crap, and Marab basically said, I'm not fighting the champ so long as he's champ. So that just leaves him in the pole position right now. Yes. And get this the same way we were saying, sorry, Vera, you got that head to head loss to Aldo. Well, now we get to say, Sorry, O'Malley, you have the head-to-head loss to Vera. However, O'Malley's so popular, and Peter Yan's a former champ, that if Peter, that if O'Malley does do something that's just like if he does something like Leon Edwards did, Cheeto Vera is going to get passed over, and he'll get the winner of Dillashaw versus Sterling. If it's not great and it's boring, kind of like Davalishvili's win then I think it's got to be Vera. And I'm going to defend Vera all the way to the end because head-to-head has to mean something. But at the same time, I'm not crazy. The Pimblets of the world, the Connors of the girl of the world, O'Malley's, when some of them have this huge, huge popularity behind them, sometimes the UFC, may, they be tripping. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've said since day one, you're insane if you think O'Malley gets a win and they make him fight somebody else. No way do they risk that whatsoever. Maybe they tell him sit on the sidelines, but they will not make him fight someone else. Yeah, agreed. Lucy Putalova defeated uh, Wu Yanan. Tyson Pedro defeated Harry Hunsucker. That was your main card on the main event. Putalova and Pedro both got finishes. Can't stress that enough. Hats off to them. It's just their name, their star power, you know, they really shouldn't be on a main card of a pay-per-view. I don't think they had earned it, but luckily they, they're going to become bigger names because of these wins and these finishes. So they did do their job in that regard. Can't hold it against them. Hell, maybe it was their opponents. It was not just them, but it was also their opponents' lack of a name power that kind of hurt it. Um, you know, no, no sense in replaying that. I've already said it. On the prelims, Marcin Tabora gave Alexander Romanov his first loss. Jared Gordon defeated Leandro Santos. Sean Woodson drew with Luis Saldana. Uh, Ange Losa 
defeated AJ Fletcher. You had four straight decisions there. That one took a little bit out of the steam, out of the card, in my opinion. Um, because on the early prelims, you had two finishes. Amir Abal- Albazi defeated Francisco Figueredo. Big Fig, they call him. Um, Aori, try to butcher this one. It's really Keelang Aori, but they call him Aori Keelang or something like that. He mm-hmm. defeated Jay Perrin, and then Victor uh, Altamirano defeated Daniel Lacenda. The bonuses, uh, don't get me going here. Costa and Rockhold definitely deserve fight of the night. Performance of the night, Leon Edwards and Victor Altamirano. And, of course, the first thing I wonder is, well, why didn't Tyson Pedro get one? That was a beautiful body kick. Why didn't Lucy Pitalova get one? She got a finish on the main card of a pay-per-view. Um, even Albazi's submission was pretty sick. You know, I mean, why didn't they get one? They they are finishers on a pay-per-view that broke the arena record, 18 and change, 18,000 and change were there. The gate was four-something million. What's the difference between this and London and Seattle where you gave all the finishers a bonus? Um, heck, I think even last week in San Diego, there was five bonuses, and that one wasn't a pay-per-view. What is your formula for deciding this? Yeah, it's insane. I mean, maybe maybe it's because uh, such a big stink was made over fighter pay and all that that maybe said, you know what? Screw you then. I don't know. But uh, even even at that, like even aside from that, I still feel like they got the bonuses wrong a little bit here. I thought Dana White was going to come in and he was going to be glowing in the post-fight press conference, which is available on MMA Junkie. Uh, You can go to the website or you can go to YouTube.com forward slash MMA Junkie video and you can see the Leon Edwards was there. And I believe I saw Paulo Costa and Dana White and maybe Lucy put a low. I can't remember, but they definitely had some of the winners there. So check it out. I thought Dana White was going to be going, oh, man. There's nothing you guys can ask me. I'm buzzing. After that KO, I'm going to be writing some checks. No, he was happy, but he, he didn't have that buzz, you know. So, again, I, I just can't figure out the formula for why they do bonuses one week to finishers, all finishers, and some weeks they don't. Why it's five sometimes, why it's whatever. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um. All right, I think we can always circle back to UFC 278 if something hits you, but let's let's talk about the other stuff. There was PFL Playoffs 9 goes. So your finalists now are Bubba Edwards versus Brendan Lochnane in the featherweight division. Edwards, sorry, Bubba Jenkins defeated Kyoji Ryoji Kudo. Oh, my God. Him. Um, pretty early, man. He, I mean, he buzzsawed buzz through him. And Jenkins deserved to get there. So he was your first finalist. And then Lochnane upset Chris Wade. Yeah, he was an underdog going in. Chris Wade was a finalist last year. And Lochnane got him, man. The home countryman got a win in England. Lochnane versus Jenkins in the finals. Your thoughts? I thought Jenkins had a great performance. Two suplexes, a judo throw, and a submission. Um, you know, let's not forget. For as good as Brendan Lochnane looked, he took some damage. There's some healing that's going to have to happen. Bubba Jenkins can probably take a little bit of time off and get right back into it. Uh, so he looked great, and that's going to set up a great final. And 
the Lothlane Wade fight, amazing fight. I mean, this is the fight that stood out from PFL. It was the people's co-main event, and I thought it delivered due to it was such a good fight. So I, I would say that this was PFL's, uh, uh, this is what they served up as their one of their appetizers to this just great weekend of combat sports. Yep. And then Larissa Pacheco and Kayla Harrison, they advanced to the finals in the women's lightweight division. That's kind of what was pegged as a one and two when the season started, and that's how the season ends. So that's tremendous. Kayla Harrison in the main event pretty much uh, made it pretty easy and then kind of went the way of trying to parlay the fact that they were in England and they have a queen and she's the queen of women's MMA. But you know what goes? What I noticed was the crowd wasn't too loud. And I think a lot of it's because Kayla's so great that they already know the result going in. And so Kayla has to do something to pay that off, right? But -hmm. what happens is when you have when you have the comparisons to Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson did it with his hands. He usually flattened somebody, and then the crowd would erupt. Kayla's strength is the ground. So what Kayla does is she gets her hands on you. Yeah, there's usually a nice judo toss along the way and then some ground and pound, but it's a little anticlimactic. You know, like her greatness, her dominance is a little anticlimactic in that sense. Now, of course, it'd probably be the dumbest suggestion ever to say, I wonder if Lockman and Wade should have been the main event. I mean, yeah, you were probably going to get the more evenly matched fight, the back and forth, the slobber knocker possibility was more there with that one. But Kayla Harrison's the big name, the one you put on the posters. But I don't know. Like, I, I felt like PFL playoffs, it was, we reached an end. I was happy to see Pacheco and Harrison advancing. But like the crowd, like something was lost. Either that or PFL needs to have louder booming mics or something. But it just seemed like we were going through the motions there in, in that card. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, props to Pacheco. She had a good fight. Uh, she's just been absolutely a destructive force this year. And it does make for a compelling matchup with Kayla Harrison, despite them already have fought uh, twice already. It does make things interesting. I don't fault Kayla for anything she says. I think she has to do it. But you're right. It did fall a little flat just because at the end of the day, when we compare statistics, She's just not on the same level as these other girls that she's comparing herself to. She could get there, but uh, she can't get there doing what she has been doing, and that's fighting lesser competition here in the PFL. And she has her hands full with Pacheco, man. Pacheco, I think, got a little bit better, so I'm actually excited about that that main event. But uh, I'm with you. I think it fell a little flat. She should have said she's the queen of women's combat sports because now – her two gold medals and her world championship gold medal, along with her two belts, possibly soon to be three, that is pretty legendary. That's and something that-, that Amanda Nunes nor Cyborg have. Cyborg has four beautiful belts that she's taking pictures with. I've never seen that. Invicta Strikeforce belt or UFC. And then Amanda Nunes has a win over Cyborg and has a lot of UFC belts. And, of course, she's a champ champ over in the UFC. So, yeah, Queen of Women's MMA, I mean, those two – Valentina and her six title defenses, Joanna and Rhonda, they had five and six, I believe, as well. Like you kind of have uh you kind of have some stiff competition there in that regard. So that one, like I say, that one just I, I know she was in England and she was trying to partner that up. And even Sean O'Connell tried to 
set her up by saying, are you trying to get a USA Today or USA chant going here? Uh, no, don't try that. You're in England. Like, I, that, that wasn't going to go very far, you know, like, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that's the part where I was like, eh, I don't know. And I think Kayla, I've told you this goes, I'm not shitting on her. Her performance was outstanding. I love that she was telling Pacheco, you want to go now? I think Kayla Harrison would be one of the biggest stars ever in WWE, by the way, if she wanted to go there because she can talk. So she can perform and she can talk. And I think she can do kind of what Ronda Rousey did, except, you know, you know, she's kind of had a bigger accomplishment in judo. No disrespect to Ronda, but th that that's true. I think Ronda would obviously agree with that. But yeah. And plus it was mid-afternoon, so I'm just getting going. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I want to give PFL some props. Some of the vignettes that they did were really cool. But yes. Really cool one was with Kayla when she went back to where she won that medal. Perfect, yeah. It was really, really smart thinking I on loved their, it. their behalf. It showed another side of, of Kayla. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, Sean O'Connell going back to the location, which is empty right now. She knew exactly where she was standing, the podium, her, her family, the relationship she had, you know, at that time with her sister, she said. You know, she... I mean, it really made it emotional, and and I think she was really, really in a happy place. They gave her the gold shoes. It was really, really well done. And again, I just watched the PFL and the Lochnane Wade fight, and then watched the Costa Rockhold and then Edwards and Usman. Something needs to be done with their mics to pick up the energy of the crowd. It mm -hmm. just wasn't picking it up with PFL, and I still think that I'm not saying fabricated and just put noise, fake noise through there, but it just seemed like it was really, really drawn out. You know, like like we're still in the pandemic and they're only fighting in front of the in front of the camps or something like that. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to, and I had made it, I had put it in my mental notes to bring that up because that was a thing of beauty. O'Connell and Kayla going back to the site of her first gold medal. Let's move on to um, Bare Knuckle. Perry and MVP. That fight was awesome, goes. I didn't. I wasn't sure of MVP style, how it would do, but he brought it. He brought it. Mike Perry didn't back down. Mike Perry is a dog, an absolute savage. I did think MVP won the fight within the first five rounds. The judges thought otherwise, so they went to a sudden death, and Perry won that, so he got the nod. Yeah, I thought I kind of thought MVP had won as well. Um, he was throwing missiles. He just he he did a good job of still being that elusive fighter. You could tell that uh, Mike Perry was having trouble trying to find him for certain strikes. A lot of times he would just whiff, but he was throwing missiles out there. He was not afraid to engage, and you know the. Uh, the circle that they fight in just doesn't really allow you to avoid uh, contact. So they just went at it. And then to top it all off, the overtime round, it was super fun, man. I had no idea about that overtime round. I guess it only happened one other time. Yeah. And uh, for that for that to go one more round, an already good fight. And if you look at Michael Venom Page's face at the end of round five, it you know he had some swelling under his eye. He took he got knocked down in round one with a really good punch, but uh, that last round 
they did a little bit of a number on his face and at, and at the end they were both just really banged up i want to see him go at it again but i kind of want to see bellator get theirs i'd like to see mike perry go over there at least for one fight and then maybe come back for a third one at bkfc yeah i'd love to see them fight again i'm with you there if it's in bare knuckle okay but i like the idea of let's do it in mma as well and then maybe the trilogy in bare knuckle it is a brutal sport. They definitely did, had a lot of cuts on their faces and some swelling and some bruises. But, man, like, they actually delivered. That was one of the best bare-knuckle fights I had seen. The card was awesome. Um, I mean, that's really all there is to say. It paid off. Feldman thinking outside the box and Coker allowing it to happen i think that was big and yeah there maybe there should be a payoff for bellator as well um he's in a tough position because storley's the interim champ and amasov is the incumbent and amasov of course was fighting in the war now he's back to training so i think mvp knows well i'm just i mean i'm, I'm there i'm there at the door but i'm not next you know so maybe he can you know figure this thing out uh with with bare knuckle and cash a big check hopefully and then get back into being in the rotation of uh you know one of the top welterweights for for bellator yeah um the Usyk and joshua fight went to a split decision Usyk won that fight he keeps his wbo wba and ibf titles and that's a hurtful loss to anthony joshua now um I'm not saying his career is over, but, you know, those are some hits that he's taken. Of course, Fury's the man, but Usyk is now slid in. Of course, we also have Deontay Wilder, and, you know, the heavyweight division is kind of fun. Andy Ruiz, obviously, he had a uh, a little run there as, at being a champ. But, yeah, I thought Joshua was going to pull this out. You know, he did great in the Ruiz rematch. But in this one, even though one judge had it, I thought Usyk – I didn't think it should have been a split, but Usyk won, and he moves on. And good for him, by the way. He's also Ukrainian, so imagine how much this fight probably meant to the Ukrainian people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, come on. To say boxing's dead is, is kind of foolish. It's, it's still compelling, man. People still watch it. It's still fun to talk about. Uh, that heavyweight division is kind of fun right now. So it was just another, it was maybe the cherry on top of of a combat sports weekend. But yeah, we actually ran into Deontay Wilder at uh, Dana White's contender series. He's fucking massive, dude. That is a big kid. Um, but as far as Anthony Joshua goes, that that's rough. Yeah. Those, those losses are a little rough. So the thing about heavyweights is it's very easy to bounce back, but it just seems like in those fights, he just, just kind of had his number. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they fought in Saudi Arabia, and that's starting to become a little bit of a a fight capital of sorts because, you know, the UFC's been down to Abu Dhabi and boxing, and now WWE's been there. I, I still think that'll be a hard one to take away from Las Vegas, but impressive what they're able to do down there, get a lot of big fights. So anyway, um, you know, this is just one of those rare weekends where it was a lot, but I enjoyed every minute of it, but I'm exhausted. 
And uh, hopefully this episode can get up early because we got up early to do this as well as spilling back clicks. So we're trying a few new things here on Junkie. If you hear it, please share it and get it out there. Um, I know this is a big day where people consume a lot of their MMA. It's a highly traffic day for us. A lot of people don't know that, but Sundays are usually big. A lot of people just sleep through the night and don't watch the pay-per-view live. And then they wake up the next day and and uh, start, you know, scrambling through their DVRs or whatever. I, I keep forgetting just how special that is. Um, in 2016, Goes and I were in Japan. It was 8 in the morning on Monday when the Super Bowl was kicking off. <laughs> you know, we're trying to find a, a place to watch it. But, uh, yeah, I know how that can be, man. Monday's already a work day. So for a lot of people, that's tough. you got to be a really, really hardcore fan. So we're trying some new things, and hopefully you guys like it. And if so... Please like, share, retweet, all that stuff. All right, guys, let's close up shop, man. Let's get on out of here. And uh, next week, we'll be back at it again. Uh, One Championship is trying something new here on Amazon Prime Video. So can't wait to see how that unfolds. UFC's off, but Dana White Contender Series, other stuff going on. All right, folks, we're out of here. Enjoy your weekend. Go out and be a champion.